0: Radio.
1: Talk Radio.
2: So, why the big fat lie, the cover up? We have now discovered in the biggest Democrat led cities in America are hiding crime data from the FBI. Maybe it's because it's right before the election and they know with the rampant violent crime that it will sway and tip the election towards Republicans who will undoubtedly make them feel a lot safer. This is your host, Laura Marie. The FBI's 20 21 Crime in the Nation Summary, released this week. It estimates the nation's murder rate rose 4.3% from 2021 over 2020. But that report is missing some critically important data. For some reason, the police departments in the biggest blue cities are not submitting their numbers to the FBI. The Bureau now has to resort to estimating how much crime is actually happening in crime ridden cities like Chicago, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, and New York. Question Is the crime crisis much worse than we actually think? Here are some actual stats from those cities. Overall crime is up 37%. In Chicago, 26% in Philadelphia and near 12% at 11.6% in Los Angeles. And New York City is at 32% increase in crime. It's so bad in New York. The New York Police Department Commissioner is holding a news conference to address those crime stats. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy had this to say.
0: Why is crime at a level it hasn't been in 20 years? Because Democrats defunded the police. They elected woke DAs who don't believe in putting people in jail. Somebody gets arrested, but they're let out before the officer is even off duty. This is exactly what the Democrat policy that they promoted, that they move through. And in a commitment to America, we build on a nation that is safe.
2: In Chicago, where Mayor Lightfoot did a bizarre TikTok video of her singing while her city is burning. And people are afraid to even go to the store, get gasoline. Mayor Lightfoot is awful, and the video was equally awful. Her timing was just incredibly insensitive. There's definitely a major uptick in crime plaguing big cities like Chicago, where the crime is the worst. And here's a clip from Garrett Tenney, who was actually in Chicago. And this is what he had to say
0: crime report is supposed to give the most comprehensive picture of crime in the U.S. But there are a lot of questions as to how accurate and reliable this year's report is. According to the Bureau, only half of the country's police department submitted a full year's worth of data and nearly 40% didn't send any data at all after the FBI switched to a new, more detailed reporting program, which then forced the agency to come up with estimates to fill in the gaps. Those departments that didn't report anything include some of the largest cities, such as New York, Philadelphia, L.A., and here in Chicago, where so far this year, robberies are up 17%, burglaries up 24 thefts have increased 61%, and carjackings are up 74 while murders are down 17% compared to they were a year ago, still 32% higher than just three years ago, though.
2: Did you catch that? Half of the country's police departments did not submit a full year worth of data. 40% didn't even submit any data at all. It's no wonder that corporations are moving out of Chicago in droves over safety. And this is what Garrett Tenney had to say about that.
0: Businesses are taking notice of the crime. This week, Tyson Foods became the latest big name to announce its closing shop in Chicago to move elsewhere, joining Boeing, Caterpillar and Citadel, who have also announced plans to relocate. While the CEO of McDonald's, which is headquartered here, recently acknowledged the company is having a hard time recruiting people to work downtown because of concerns about safety. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who fired back at the CEO for being out of touch, is now facing some of that same criticism from her critics after posting this video on TikTok to promote a karaoke competition. No surprise, the city's crime is one of the leading issues in Chicago's mayoral race, as Lightfoot seeks a second term in
2: February. While Tyson Foods is going to Arkansas, and Mayor Lightfoot still doesn't seem concerned doing her little karaoke time while she should be more concerned about crime. Well, there's the number one crime wave, and companies are bolting in a recession. And I guess if you have the biggest you-know-what, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. And then we have Seattle. People can't even get home in peace without fear of being violently beaten, robbed, or murdered. And then, of course, Philadelphia doesn't seem so concerned about declaring an emergency either. None of these blue cities apparently do, but they definitely need one. Residents in Philadelphia have to worry about something as simple as getting gasoline and being held at gunpoint while their car is being carjacked. How many murders Rapes, stabbings need to happen before these liberal mayors wake up and realize their cities are all in a state of emergency. And then we have Mayor Adams, the guy who is all voice during the day and parties all night while his town is just going up in smoke. He's just all talk. And he's screaming about a few illegals who show up in Manhattan. And that's a state of emergency, but crime waves are not so much. And he always seems to blame Governor Abbott while we still are watching Biden with human trafficking illegals by either airplane or by bus to New York City. They're still doing it. And he says nothing about that. And he knows it. So sick of liberals and their corruption and their lies. So here's a clip of an interview on CNN State of the Union on September 18th with Mayor Adams, who believes the Big Apple was still a sanctuary city just a few weeks ago.
0: Just over a year ago, you tweeted, quote, New York City will remain a sanctuary city under an Adams administration. What is your message to migrants arriving in the U.S.? Should they still come to New York City?
1: Well, I think that they should come to any place in the country that they desire uh, their pursuit of the American dream.
2: Well, not anymore. (laughs) He went from sanctuary city to state of emergency in less than three weeks. And the best part is now he claims to be angry and New Yorkers are angry. You got to hear this.
1: New Yorkers are angry. I am angry too. We have not asked for this. There was never any agreement to take on the job of supporting thousands of asylum seekers. This responsibility was simply handed to us without warning as buses began showing up.
2: Our fellow Americans at the southern border didn't ask for it either. But don't worry, because the city commissioner of New York has now made it legal for illegals to vote in our elections while Colorado accidentally sent 30,000 ballots to illegals. Here we go. Let the cheating begin. Shout out to Mayor Adams. We all know that Biden and his commies, since he's been in office, have been busing and using airplanes to fly illegals into your state. (laughs) Since Biden's been there, so what are you whining about? We all know he should be calling a state of emergency for all the crime. What's the holdup? Monica Crowley is a resident of New York. And here's a clip of what she had to say.
3: I want to know as a citizen of New York City, where's my state of emergency? Where's the state of emergency for the people of New York City who have to navigate this historic crime spike every single day, whether it's on the street or in the transit system, People now, really, really, I'll tell you a quick story. I went to a jewelry store. I exchanged a piece of jewelry. They came out and gave it to me in a white paper bag. And the woman said to me, I cannot in good conscience send you back on the streets of New York. This is noon, broad daylight, with a jewelry store bag. It was like she was handing it to me in a brown paper bag so that nobody would mug me.
2: You know, until it happens to one of these liberals, I don't think they get it. We know they don't care. And we also know it's by design. Let's never forget in 2015, Obama put the UN police in big cities, the ones that have been defunding the police. It's all part of their plan to bring in the UN for control. And that's why they're creating the chaos. I'm not sure which part of the phase we are in, but I look forward to flipping the house red in November to stop them. And here again is Monica Crowley over the crime in New York.
3: In the city of New York, serious crime this year is up nearly 40% over last year. We have a serious crime crisis in all of our urban areas. And you've got mirrors like Adams, who spend more time time in nightclubs and adjusting his pocket square than he
2: does (laughs) actually fighting crime. While crime is still in the top three for the American voters, the media continues to bury the facts, especially when you have the big cities not turning in their stats. This is all by design. And when I hear people like Monica Crowley confirm what we know, that's why I like to share a little clip from what she has to say in this particular point, because I agree with her. This is what she had to say.
3: Right now, people are concerned with inflation and crime. Those are the top two issues for the American people. Look, this is just spin. It actually is worse than that. There's spin and then there's outright, outright lying. This is- is lying to the American people of their lived reality on the ground in our cities every single day. And what we need to understand here is that this is all by design. This is intentional. These mayors and these governors could switch in a second. They could fire these Soros DAs, turning out violent criminals. They need the violent chaos, just like every good communist comes into power and they turn out violent criminals. They empty the jails, why? Because they need the violent chaos in order to slam through their agenda. They want you living in fear. They want you distracted, because if you're fearful and distracted, then you're not paying attention to what they are doing in their government.
2: Very nicely said for the phase that we are at in this global takeover that none of us signed up for. They're just taking our world from us, and it needs to stop. And the only way we can do that at this point, or phase, I should say, is by voting in November in person. We have to stop people in the mainstream media like this guy, Philip Bump. According to him, this is not a crime wave. If you read Philip Bump at the Washington Post, he put out an article in the Washington Post that says, and I quote, crime is surging in Fox News coverage. What a terrible journalist. And he puts out this piece. He knows there's a crime wave and he denies it, puts out that crime is not a concern for voters. Every poll I've seen has crime in the top three. This guy clearly doesn't care about us getting hurt. So despite what you've heard, read, or seen by the mainstream media, who puts out that this is somehow a Fox News fixation, (laughs) the fact of the matter is the statistics bear out what we see for ourselves and some stats that are actually being provided for us to see. And can you imagine if the actual stats were provided. So basically, any stat with proof of crime is very conservative with lack of stats provided, and it's obviously a mess and getting more out of control. Most of us have heard of Gianno Caldwell. His younger brother, Christian, was killed in Chicago. And Gianno went to Washington, D.C. to do reporting to get to the bottom of this crime wave and to find out what Democrats and Republicans are going to do about it. For those of you who missed it, and with the grace of God, I'm going to play his entire interview, but please keep in mind what he was encountering from people who know him quite well, know the tragedy of his brother Christian being killed in Chicago through no fault by the way of Christians. Just one of many so-called nameless acts of violence that touched home, you would think, that he would slightly get a different reaction in Washington. Democrats were rude, closed windows, doors on him, and a couple Republicans did talk to him. I'm going to play the whole interview, but I want to break it up so you know by listening who he's speaking to and who actually did speak to him and who was rude. The first part was Kevin McCarthy and Elise Stefanik, and back to Kevin McCarthy again. So here's Gianno Codwell nation's
1: capital talking to members of the Congress on both sides of the aisle about the crime crisis in America and what do they plan to do about it. On the first day, if Republicans are victorious in November and you become the Speaker of the House, What will the commitment to America do for crime on day one?
0: Well, on the first day, you're going to see that no longer will the voice of Washington back here with the Democrats control, say, defund the police. It'll be the opposite.
3: Our commitment to America is our roadmap for an economy that's strong, a nation that's safe, a future that's built upon freedom, and a government that's accountable.
0: What we will do, we'll put a score to every single prosecutor, from Portland to Philadelphia. They get federal money. We'll actually sit there and have the
1: debate. Do they deserve the federal money if they're not upholding the law?
2: And then Gianno actually had a sit-down interview and discussion with Burgess Owens.
1: A lot of the crime that's perpetrated, the majority of it is black on black. What do you think we can do about that as a community? The most important thing is how do we deal with this long-term? We have to get our kids educated. Black young men who cannot read and write. They're going to be driven by emotion. They're going to be years later, like what we're now. Crime is the only way out. They see nothing wrong with it.
2: Next, Gianna spoke to Tommy Tuberville. He's a Republican senator from Alabama who shared his experience and how it hit him close to home.
1: I think it's a misconception. Everybody thinks it's really just happening in the urban areas. It's happening everywhere. Just a week or so ago, I had a friend of mine beat up and robbed in a parking lot uh, in, in broad daylight.
2: I'm sure all of us have heard either from friends, our family, or even ourselves are experiencing the same thing. So to hear how the Democrats back in 2020 were for defunding the police and now how they are avoiding all the questions that their policies have done to all of us. And we knew this was going to happen. It's just logical. So Gianno ran into Jerry Nadler and he plays a clip. Of Jerry Nadler on June seventeenth on Capitol Hill in two thousand and twenty, saying he supports Black Lives Matter, and then how he treated Giano. Wow, check it out. Now we're going
1: to talk to some Democrats. Hopefully, Well, let me state clearly and unequivocally that Black Lives
0: Matter.
2: The audio wasn't too clear, so it was hard to understand, but Giano asked Jerry Nadler. At the elevator, we just want to talk about the crisis that's impeding our country. And Jerry Nadler, abruptly and very rude, turned his back on Giano. And the bell that you heard was the elevator, him escaping as fast as he could without answering any questions. He had a whole minute, he had time to talk to Giano, but refused. Giano even asked him so politely. Congressman Nadler, can we set up a meeting so we can have a discussion? And he went, um, yeah, no. And walked away with the doors closing on him to the elevator. (laughs) Wow. Gianna went on to find other Democrats. He was successful finding Danny Davis. He's a congressman out of Illinois, and he had bizarre answers. (laughs) And at one point, even Gianno laughed in disbelief. Check it out.
1: The ease with which people acquire guns is still a big factor. Is uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot doing a good job? I think she's doing a good job, and I think she'll be reelected as mayor of the city of Chicago. frightening to me, but uh, Kim Fox, you think she's also doing a good job? Oh, I'm unequivocally and without a doubt.
2: Just a friendly reminder, what Lori Lightfoot said about the crime in Chicago just a few days ago. Crime is not
3: out of control in our city.
2: I don't know if these people have been in power for too long and they really have no clue, out of touch, or they're ignorant, stupid. It's just unbelievable to me. So here's a clip from Chuck Schumer, followed by Giano, just trying to ask a simple question about the crime wave. And his reaction to Giano was not only rude, but it was just disgusting. Check it out.
1: Violence is bad, reprehensible, should be condemned, but it is not the overwhelming picture in New York. Senator, any reaction to the crime crisis in America? Crime is up, sir. There's a crisis. You have any reaction? You're a leader. I, I would think you would have a reaction to what's going on
2: in the country. My heart goes out to Gianno. I mean, his younger brother who he just loved, like we all love our family. And the disrespect from the Democrats who created this crisis just blew him off one after the other. I'm not going to bore you anymore with the negativity from the Democrats, but he did approach Ayana Presley, one of the squad, and she refused to give a statement. She ignored him when he was asking questions about the crime wave and just went on. And then Omar, right after she made a public statement, how she wants to defund the police entirely. He was right there. And then he asked her some questions about it. She walked really fast, ignored him when he was asking about the crime wave and what she wants to do about it. And she just ignored him like a snotty little brat getting her way. It's either her way or no way, rushes to her car and closes the door on Giano. And he was not being rude, aggressive. He's a reporter. He was just asking questions. And she knows about Giano's younger brother, Christian. And with that, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to play a small clip from Gianno and his reaction to what he heard in Washington, D.C. And we're going to cover Elon Musk with Twitter, Joe Biden with his donors, and Armageddon, and a few other hot topics. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow.
0: This is Renegade Talk, Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome
2: back to Talk on the Street. This is your host, Laura Marie. After years of watching Gianno Caldwell reporting the news and to hear of the tragedy of his younger brother, the day that it happened hit me at home for I have lost as well. But he is in the media and a public figure and has access to Washington, D.C., where he can actually get some answers. So I felt compelled to share his story. Here's his reaction after going to Washington, D.C. and speaking to lawmakers on both sides of the aisle.
1: And to your point, many members walked up to me and said, hey, I'm sorry about your brother. These weren't the Democrat members that I would hope, but they recognized me immediately. So knowing what my family has been through on June 24th in Chicago, on the south side of Chicago, when people know that Christian was murdered, and since then, I've been out for justice for other families, including my own, knowing what these folks are going through across the country and hearing people like Kathy Hogle, the governor of New York, saying New York City is the safest place in the country and is more safe than it's ever been. Or he and Lori at the mayor of Chicago, telling the McDonald's CEO, he needs to do his homework. He doesn't really know what he's talking about.
2: And talk on the street for that CEO is all he had to do was look out his window and see the crime everywhere. We're employees were scared to go to work it's awful and why so many ceos and corporations are moving out of chicago listen to what giano had to say about that
1: that's it that's it i mean it was a it was a, a child shot an infant shot in the backseat of their car in the mcdonald's
2: drive-thru and remember that one congressman the democrat from illinois danny davis <laughs> When he was saying that he hopes that Lori Lightfoot will be reelected, and he thinks that she will. <laughs> we were all outraged that that congressman could even say something like that, even Gianno.
1: She'll be reelected. And no, that is, that's frightening. No, I hope and pray that yeah. Lori Lightfoot will not be reelected as mayor of Chicago.
2: You know, you would think that these congresspeople, these Democrats, are oblivious to the crime in the streets. But how could they when it's their policies that put all of us in danger and why they have so many guards protecting them with guns? Look at Lori Lightfoot. She's got 65 police officers plus 20 bodyguards protecting her with guns. (laughs) Why do so many people have to be protecting her? That's 85 people protecting Lori Lightfoot while making us less safe. Here's more of Gianno. They
1: supported the defund the police movement because they were riding a wave that some black folks and some other folks, progressives, they love. So they thought it was a popular narrative at the time. And now you look at the polling, 77% of Americans believe that crime is a sincere issue and it is People are dying by the dozens, the hundreds, the thousands on a weekly, monthly basis. There's something that has to change. That's why it was so important for me to go to D.C. to have these conversations very explicitly myself. So now I'm looking for solutions to the violence, whether it be in North Carolina or whatever. So if you're a viewer out there and you know about solutions that have reduced crime, reach out to me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gianno Caldwell. If you know victims of violence, we need to change one in this country. Uh, We need to do it now.
2: God bless him for all the work that he's doing and continues to do. Moving on. Did you hear about the cartel posting on TikTok (laughs) offering $70,000 to anyone who could drive a big rig and it was posted one day before 84 migrants were found in a tractor trailer just across the U.S.-Mexico border. And this post read, and I quote, need someone who can drive an 18-wheeler right now. McCollin to Houston, already ready for $70,000. These people have absolutely no fear of being arrested or of our government. And by the way, they're not migrants. They are illegals. Let's state the facts. They're not migrants. They are not asylum seekers. They're illegals. And they are brought here by human trafficking, by this communist regime that's holding our White House hostage and the rest of us. So while the globalists are trying to silence us conservatives or anybody who disagrees with their ideology, the Twitter takeover by Elon Musk is frightening to so many snowflakes. But he has been forced to purchase it at the going rate. And to avoid going on trial, Elon Musk has decided to go through with the purchase, which I, for one, am thrilled about. So I'm not censored or blocked. And that giant tech find a harder time for them to interfere with the elections, like they have in the past. Though, by the time Elon Musk gets enough money to buy it, it will be after the November election before he actually takes over and seals the deal. And did you guys see the stock market? The day that he announced he was back at the table negotiating and that he was going to actually go through with the purchase? Stocks went through the roof immediately to where they were capped off. (laughs) I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like that before. So next, let's talk about Joe Biden and Putin, who would have never invaded Ukraine if Joe Biden didn't screw up in Afghanistan. This was Putin's opportunity to move in with the blunders of admitting they want liberal new world order by this administration. And months after Russia invaded Ukraine and Joe Biden giving them so much money, all this was his fault in the beginning. They created this chaos and giving Putin free reign and basically permission over the words that he had said in the past to invade Ukraine. And in my opinion, this is why Nancy Pelosi said that Joe Biden was perfect because he is creating chaos around the world. And then he says to donors, after Putin has been threatening nuclear war, be prepared for Armageddon. So our fake president is putting fear into people over a national threat our past presidents have come face to face with, (laughs) but they comfort the American people. That's what you're supposed to do as a leader, not put the fear into us. You know, 60 years ago, this very month, We were on the brink of the closest this world has ever come to a nuclear war. And with just a few other decisions that could have been made, we very well could have been. This is what JFK said to the American people and the world.
0: It shall be the policy of this nation to regard any nuclear missile launched from Cuba against any nation in the Western Hemisphere as an attack by the Soviet Union on the United States requiring a full retaliatory response upon the Soviet Union. I call upon Chairman Khrushchev to haul and eliminate this clandestine, reckless, and provocative threat to world peace. Let no one doubt that this is a difficult and dangerous effort on which we have set out.
2: And now we're facing potentially the same predicament of what Biden calls potential Armageddon. (laughs) Given the retaliatory efforts and provocative moves on the part of Putin talking freely about using nuclear weapons and to say nothing of what seems to be the daily missiles strikes out of North Korea, a couple of which just went over Japan this past week. And of course, we're not even going to get into China's moves in the South China Sea at this time and the presence of China's military near Taiwan, South Korea, and on and on. There are a lot of possibilities of things that could go wrong. Some are criticizing Biden for even mentioning the word Armageddon. But Biden's messaging said was meant to let the world be on notice. God forgive me, but he is such an embarrassment. Where is President Trump and we need him? President Trump did say he would Go and talk with Putin and Zelensky and put an end to the war immediately. Lucas Tomlinson happened to be riding with Joe Biden in Delaware at the event where Joe Biden mentioned Armageddon. This is what he had to say.
0: 60 years ago, the Soviet ships that carried those nuclear warheads to Cuba departed from Ukraine. Now, 60 years later, the prospect of another nuclear conflict, according to President Biden, speaking off camera at a Democratic fundraiser, saying, quote, We have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. We've got a guy I know fairly well. His name is Vladimir Putin. I spent a fair amount of time with him. He is not joking when he talks about the potential use of tactical and nuclear weapons or biological or chemical weapons.
2: And of course, the White House press secretary walked back those comments. And this is what she said. And I quote, we have not seen any reason to adjust our own nuclear posture, nor do we have indications they are preparing to use them. Though none of us are surprised by her comments. Lucas Tomlinson mentioned that Russia has over 2,000 tactical nuclear weapons, and the United States only has 200. Like we talked about before, it's so ironic how Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the communists in our White House bred the fear that Donald J. Trump was going to get us into a nuclear war. (laughs) And everything they accuse Donald Trump of is exactly what's going on now. You see it and I see it. And with that, I hope you guys have a great afternoon. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can always reach me at www.talkthestreet.net. I'd love to hear from you. Remember, I am our voice, the people's voice. We, the people. God bless you. God bless America. You're listening to Talk on the Street with Laura Marie.